Mark Schofield back in the big chair for today, Wednesday, July 28th, 2021, after a somewhat extended summer hiatus, the Sco Show is back. We're going to talk a little bit about what's been going on over the past couple of weeks here at the outset in the second half of the show on the Toto Hotline. Yes, we're naming it the Toto Hotline now because we are sort of looking for sponsors, perhaps. Mike DeBate of Locked On Patriots as well as Sports Illustrated. He stops by. I'm going to chat a little bit about the start of training camp, expectations for the season, offense, defense, and of course, the big question, the quarterback room. So we're going to dive into that a little bit later. But before we do anything else, your usual cavalcade of reminders, because after all, it has been a while. Follow along with Bird App at Mark Schofield. Check out the work. USA Today's Touchdown Wire, Big Blue View, Bleeding Green Nation, where there will be a reboot of the quarterback factory coming your way a little bit later this summer. More on that perhaps in a minute. Also, of course, at Pat's Pulpit. And of course, right here, the Sco Show, which is back. Now, I know the last time I spoke with you all, I indicated that I was going to take a couple of weeks and I'll be back in June. And June slowly became late June. And late June sort of became July. And now with training camp around the corner, I figured now was probably the time to come back to the microphone, to the big chair, as we sort of wind up for the start of the 2021 season. And I do want to take a moment and thank a lot of you who have reached out. Uh, Ian McDonald sent me a lovely email at the start of the summer. And I, Ian, I... Certainly want to get together at some point. Um, I did need to sort of take some time and sort of recharge the batteries because as you all know, covering the NFL is a marathon and a sprint rolled up into one. And I needed to take some time to sort of decompress, to relax, to recharge, to refocus, to carve out a vision for this show going forward as well as some of the other stuff that I'm doing. And having done that, I'm sort of ready to dive right back in. But I did want to take a moment and thank all of you uh, who have reached out, all of you in the Slack channel, and at various other outlets that have reached out as well. Um, Mental health, as all of you know, is something that I take seriously, something that I stress in all of your lives, um, and I needed to take some time. Uh, But we're back, we're ready to go. And what I sort of wanted to do here at the outset, before we talk to Mike, is talk about Aaron Rodgers. And I know that this is a Patriot show. And I know that this is not a Green Bay Packers show. This is not an NFL at large show. This is a New England Patriot show. But I think the Aaron Rodgers situation, and I'm not going to get into breathless speculation about where he will play next year. If you want that, you can read the piece I wrote over at USA Today about that. What I do want to take a moment and stress with respect to the Aaron Rodgers situation, is this. Athletes, and in the NFL, particularly quarterbacks, and this is something that I have said before, have certainly discovered their leverage. We all know that this is an offense-driven league. We all know that this is a quarterback-driven league. And as a byproduct of that, Elite quarterbacks have started to sort of flex their muscle a bit. This is what I want from the organization. This, this, these, these are the types of players I want to see us acquire. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is reportedly pushing 
the Green Bay Packers to trade for former teammate Randall Cobb as sort of a condition of his reported to training camp and playing for the team this next season. And if that doesn't give you some evidence that quarterbacks are sort of feeling their muscles a bit here, I don't know what else you would need. And perhaps this is just the eventual offshoot, the eventual result of focus in the league in such a way where the passing game is king and where offense is paramount above all. Those that are throwing the football are going to have this kind of leverage. And Aaron Rodgers isn't the first. We saw this from other quarterbacks. We saw it with Deshaun Watson before his legal situation arose. And Aaron Rodgers will certainly not be the last. If Patrick Mahomes starts getting upset with how the Chiefs are constructing the roster around him, he might say something. Other elite quarterbacks, your Lamar Jacksons, your Josh Allens, you look down the future, at some point maybe a Justin Herbert, they might start to exercise their leverage and their influence on their organization. And while there is certainly a debate perhaps to be had about how Tom Brady handled things during his time in New England, a lot of people are looking at this sort of eventual wind down of the Rodgers time in Green Bay as perhaps the, quote, Brady model. Come in one last season, we'll give it a run, and then you can go do what you want to do. In this case with Rodgers, it would be, we'll find you a home. We'll trade you to a new team that you're willing to go play for, that you're comfortable to go play for. All of you know that I spend a lot of time just thinking and listening about this game, whether it's statistics, whether it's schemes, and stuff like that. But this is sort of where my mind is going about the future of this sport. The quarterback position and the leverage that elite players now have. And perhaps more importantly, their willingness to put it on the line a bit. Their willingness to perhaps push their organizations to do things that they view are critical. Not that others sort of view, or maybe some people are telling them, look, this is what you need, that they think are critical for the team's potential success. So... I did want to share some thoughts about that. Also, I did want to talk quickly about Happy Gilmore learning to putt. I don't know that's a bit of a a strange reference, and honestly, it's a pretty horrific segue here. But one of the things that I got my hands in over the past couple of weeks is the Sports Info Solutions Data Challenge. And as all of you know, I am very much a X's and O's film guy. And that sort of never-ending battle between film and analytics, I am more of the film guy. But one of the things that I did want to take some time this summer was to start learning the other side of it. And what better way to do that than to challenge yourself? And so I got hooked up with three absolutely brilliant people. Keegan Abdo... Dr. Bud Davis and Joe Ferriola, who I've known, I've known Joe for years. And I would strongly recommend that you follow all three of these people. Keegan can be followed at K-E-E-G-A-N-A-B-D-O-O. You can follow Joey at NFL Draft Joey. You can follow Dr. Bud Davis at J-B-U-D-D-A-V-I-S. The four of us grouped up 
and last Sunday night entered our submission on the route concept general side of the Sports Info Info Solutions data project. And what we were tasked with finding out was basically this, what route concepts were most popular in in the NFL last year and what route concepts were most successful against coverages, which coverages. And it was a fascinating, fascinating experience because we were given this huge data set with you know, information such as route targeted, routes on plays and things like that, we ended up building a computer visual model to sort of pair the geometric data for routes with what we had created a route dictionary for concepts such as pout, post out, you know, because you didn't have the concepts in the data, you had to create that. And then we started digging into the data and, you know, I even created some plots. I looked a lot at RPOs, you know, what concepts were run most as dropbacks or most as, RPO plays. What was there a difference in expected points added on traditional drops versus RPOs? And I'm going to be sharing along the, with the rest of us on Twitter in the next couple of days some of our findings, like the plot, the scatter plot I did for EPA on traditional dropbacks versus RPO dropbacks. And it was a fascinating experience. I learned a ton. I'm now surrounded by books on how to, you know, write code um, for both in both Python and R. So I'm learning a ton of that stuff as well. And I'm going to try to use that going forward and try to do some some you know cool looking data viz stuff over the next season in terms of the coverage that I'm going to be doing obviously it's going to still remain scheme heavy but I thought that this was a good time to try to learn something new and after all isn't that fun isn't it fun to try to learn new things challenge yourself a little bit and so that was kind of what I did I recharged I did some reading I challenged myself in a couple of different ways um all with the end goal, of course, of up in my game for you. Because as I always say, this this show is yours. I'm just here to give you the best coverage I can. And if adding a couple new clubs to the bag is the best way to do that, well, then I'm going to try. And so that's an update on me. That's an update on Aaron Rodgers. That's an update on where things stand. As for this show, you can expect once a week, Wednesday episodes, until right before the season begins when we'll start kicking it up to two shows a week as we typically do. But enough of me. Mike debate next. That's ahead. Here on the glorious return installment of the SCO Show. And welcome back to the SCO Show, probably a part of the Pat's Puppet Podcast Network and brought to you by, by the fine folks at SB Nation. I am so honored to have a guest here on the Toto guest hotline and i'm calling it the toto guest hotline mostly because we don't have a sponsor for that yet so i'll call it toto for now and there are many reasons why i'm proud to have this guest on beyond the incredible coverage he gives the new england patriots every day on locked on patriots beyond the incredible coverage he gives the patriots on si beyond the way that he does it because he's one of the good people does it with class with humor with nuance with insight I'm generally just proud because I think he does it the right way. I'm proud to call him not just a colleague, but a friend. He is Mike DeBate. You can follow him on Twitter at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-N-F-L. Mike, buddy, how you doing? Mark, I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much for that kind introduction. Uh, I assure you, probably not worthy of all the praise that you just gave me, but I definitely try to live up to it. And uh, uh, one of my greatest honors in this business is to call you a friend as well. Uh, Thank you so much for everything that you've done for me. And uh, it's an honor to be here on the SCO Show. 
Well, Mike, it's an honor to have you. And I know you've got a busy day. We're recording this on Tuesday. You just had Bill Belichick on the Zoom. You're going to get some player availabilities a little bit later. But I did want to start off with sort of the open-ended question of all open-ended questions, which is this, Mike. What are your general thoughts on the New England Patriots offseason? Well, the Patriots clearly knew that they had to improve on both sides of the ball. And one thing you cannot accuse Bill Belichick of doing this year is taking a backseat when it comes to making those improvements. They went out, had a very uncharacteristically aggressive offseason, Mark. And honestly, I think the Patriots really had one of the better offseasons in the NFL, whether you take just the free agency uh, acquisitions that they've had, retaining key core players in their own roster, and also being solid within the draft. I think overall, this team had a very good offseason, and I think they took major steps to improving the type of product that we saw on the field last year in 2020. Of course, 2021 is a new dawn, a new day. Bill Belichick reminded everyone uh, earlier today that it's a clean slate, and I think that's a good way to put it. Uh, The COVID uncertainty is, I don't want to say completely behind us, Mark, because you know as well as I do, we're both going through, we're still going through that. Um, And I think a lot of people uh, have maybe less concern, less question marks. Uh, Things have opened up. Players are going to have more access and they're going to be, you know, more highly trained, obviously, and uh, more opportunities to make their impact. But uh, right now, when you take a look at the Patriots offseason, I think what they did complements that very well. And I think it's going to lead to good results on the field. Now, Mike, you and I both know that for many Patriots fans, the main questions reside on the offensive side of the football, and this is an Mm offense-driven league. So, of course, I'm going to start with a question about the defense, and that is this. Donta (laughs) Hightower, the veteran linebacker, returning after opting out last season. In your mind, how important is it for this defense to have Hightower back? Huge. Uh, really, I think one of the biggest offseason acquisitions, quote unquote, that the Patriots had this uh, this offseason was to get Dante Hightower back. And look, there's no question about it. Uh, him being back in the Foxborough fold, whether it be his ability to defend against the run, his ability to rush the quarterback in a number of blitzes off the edge, especially when it comes to those A gaps. Hightower is so adept at being able to do it, Mark, and he does it better than anyone for the New England Patriots. Uh, To me, he's got one of that star quality type player roles that I I think fits so well here in New England. And Hightower's ability to not only have that high football acumen that he has, being able to uh, perform the play calling duties, which we saw last year, Juwan Bentley, who was a very intelligent player, a player I'm still very high on, struggled in that role last year. Um, And I think he will eventually come into his own there, but it just makes you appreciate someone like a Dante Hightower so um, much more than maybe we did in the past. I'm glad to see him back out on the field. He's going to have my sharp eye during training camp. Can't wait to see what Dante looks like, but it just changes the complexity of the team, not just because of the acumen and the intelligence and the mentorship that he can provide, not just on the field, but in the locker room, but also on the field as well. The run and the pass are going to be better defended this year because of the presence of Dante Hightower. So, Mike, let's shift to that offensive side of the football. And we know where the biggest question is. And, of course, we're going to get to that. But a question that I have in my mind and a lot of people are wondering is the wide receiver position. Obviously, the retirement of Julian Edelman. You have the acquisitions of Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar. There are rumors about Nikhil Harry potentially being on the trade market. His agent requesting a trade for his client. How do you see the Patriots wide receiver room shaking out in the 2021 season? 
Well, I think the big wild card mark in all of this is who's going to take on the Julian Edelman role in that locker room. And look, you can't go into an evaluation of Patriots wide receivers without thinking of the impact that Julian Edelman is going to have by not being there. (laughs) And unfortunately, it's not going to be a good impact. I mean, Julian was one of the toughest guys I've ever covered before. He was one of the smartest wide receivers I've ever covered before and really one of the most versatile. So if you're the New England Patriots, how do you equal that? How do you try to mitigate that loss? Because you're not going to equal it. Um, You get guys that are savvy veterans. And I think those two veterans that they brought in by a free agency are going to do very well. Nelson Aguilar uh, really, I think, established himself last year as a threat down the field, as someone that can get out make catches in the open field and really be a burner downfield. But what a lot of people don't remember about Nelson is that he primarily played out of the slot during his time in Philadelphia. He was used on a lot of vertical outside routes with the Raiders. And I think the Patriots are going to be able to utilize both. So I think that they're going to implore Nelson Aguilar, uh, very similar to the way they did last year. They're going to take advantage of his speed, his ability to separate over the top, but they're also going to try him out on the slot as well. And that may end up, helping to mitigate what they lost in Julian Edelman. Kendrick Bourne, to me, is someone that really has a chance to break out this year. He had a very productive season last year in San Francisco, the best of his career so far, 49 receptions, 667 yards, two touchdowns. Bourne is another guy that's adept at playing both on the outside, in the slot. It's going to add youth. It's going to add versatility to the New England wide receiver core. Two guys that I'm definitely keeping my eye on this year. Obviously, Jacoby Myers. I look for him to make a huge jump. We saw some great strides from him last year. He can be someone that can get out, make catches. Not a big yards after the catch guy, but I think Aguilar and Bourne are going to take on that. And don't be surprised to see my main man, who made that man a Gunnar Oshelski, get a few there more looks in the wide receiver room this year. I think Gunnar has a chance to really make more of an impact as a receiver than he has the last couple of years. Going to be telltale in training camp. Again, a guy I'm going to have my sharp eye on, not just because I love the meme, Mark, because I think there's right. going to be an opportunity for him to make an impact this year. And I, I will say this, Mike, you just made a lot of people in the Scotia Slack channel very happy with the Gunner reference there. He's got a huge <laughs> fan contingent in the Slack channel. Let me ask you this. Trying to predict what Bill Belichick does at a position is always very difficult. Trying to get into that man's head is always very difficult, but perhaps no more difficult position than running back. Now, we all know they had a Ramondre Stevenson via the draft. There are high expectations about Damian Harris. There are questions about Sony Michelle. They obviously have James White back in the fold. This is another position group on the offensive side of the ball that people have their eyes on. How do you, Mike, expect this group to shake out over training camp and into the season? Well, that's a great question. And I think in a lot of ways, uh, Damian Harris has established himself as the alpha of this group. I look for that to continue. Damian is someone that runs with power. He runs with finesse. He runs with a purpose uh, to get the yardage that you need. And he really is the type of running back that will tailor make how he needs to approach each snap to what you need. He's very versatile in that regard. I love Damian and I really look forward to seeing him continue to progress and really become one of the better running backs in the AFC. I think he has a shot to do that. Sony Michelle has been an anomaly for so many people. And I've been a Michelle apologist. A lot of people have you know, accused me of right. being a little too effusive in my praise for Sony Michelle. But look, bottom line, last year he showed that when he's locked in, he can still be a very capable running back in this uh, um, in this offense. He is someone, again, that can run with fi- uh, run with finesse. He can run with a little bit of power. 
he's actually not bad at being able to catch the ball out of the backfield. He's not very often employed in that regard, but go back and take a look at some of the film of this kid when he was a Georgia Bulldog. He's capable of doing it. So Sony Michelle was kind of the wild card. I think a lot of people think he might be on the trading block. We've heard rumors back and forth that that's a possibility. I think the Patriots realize that having Sony Michelle on the roster might be more beneficial for them than the minimal return that they're going to get for him on the trade market. So I think Sony's going to be a part of this team this year. Ramondre, again, is someone that is going to, again, have my sharp eye because I think in a lot of ways, he does remind me a little bit of that Garrett Blunt type role. He's very, uh, you know, very, uh, you know, stout in his running style. He's another guy that has a lot of ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. Future for the Patriots at the running back position, without question, Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. But I think it's going to be interesting to see how they uh, employ Sony Michelle this year. I think James White gets more looks this year than he did last year. I think because James now is not going to be the focal point of a lot of defenses, Patriots have a lot of weapons to account for this year or a lot more than they did in 2020. I think that's going to free up James to catch the ball out of the backfield. So I think he's looking at a bigger year in 2021 as well. Now, Mike, you mentioned your sharp eye and myself, like many Patriots fans and observers are going to be very happy that your sharp eye will be on the ground at training camp. You mentioned some of the things you're excited to see high towers return the wide receiver group. What are the things will you be keeping that sharp eye on as training camp unfolds here over the next couple of days? Uh, one question that I really think a lot of Patriots fans have, and I'm looking forward to seeing is how the linebacking core is going to shake out. This may be one of the deepest positions on the roster. And what a difference from a year ago, Mark, when you talk about guys like Kyle Van Noy and Alandon Roberts and Jamie Collins and Dante Hightower, all exiting the roster, either through opt-out or through free agency. Now they're so well stacked at this position. Matt Judon, I think, is one of the better signings that the Patriots made. He may end up being one of the better signings that's been made in all of the NFL. A lot of versatility, a lot of adaptability. Um, you know, you can keep those runs from reaching the corner on the early downs. He can also get after the quarterback in passing situations. Those were two areas that the Patriots really struggled in last year. And the favorable matchups from the off-the-ball snaps that are going to now break the Patriots' way as opposed to breaking the other team's way is as a result of Matt Judon. Of course, I'm speaking in theory, but I really am looking forward to seeing what he can do. Josh Uche is another guy that I'm looking forward to seeing his next step in that sophomore season. Um, again, he's got a lot of athleticism, a lot of system savvy, and I think he can be used as either a pass rush specialist or a true every down move linebacker if he really comes into this role. And I'm looking forward to seeing Kyle Van Noy back in uh, New England as well. Uh, Kyle is not only a fun guy to cover, but he really, I think, provides stability and productivity to a return to what the Patriots are going to utilize in that 3-4 defensive scheme. So going to have a real sharp eye on the line backers this year but of course you know every position is going to be interesting we talked about this on locked on patriots that 12-man personnel with those two tight ends that's going to be fun to watch i love seeing hunter henry in a patriots uniform i love seeing john smith in a patriots uniform so those are two positions that i think are really going to be exciting for pats fans that are watching at gillette and watching at home uh, while this team progresses through the preseason now, Mike, we've danced around it enough, I think, and you as a consummate professional have been so great with your answers. It's sort of skirting the big issue, so let's get to it. And that is, of course, the quarterback position. You probably know, like everybody else covering this team, 
this is the big issue. This is the issue that fans are concerned about the most. Now, I know you were on with Bill Belichick earlier this morning who dressed it in his Belichickian way, but I'll ask you, Mike, Cam Newton, Mac Jones, Jared Stidham, how does this battle shake out over camp and who is the starter week one? Oh, well, that's the million dollar question, maybe right. the $10 million right. question when it comes to the New England Patriots. And look, Bill Belichick was very uh, elusive in his response, as he typically is, Mark, when he says that it's a clean slate, everyone needs to earn everything at this point, and we're all on an even keel. Look, I think best case scenario for the New England Patriots, and we've talked about this on Locked On as well, is that Cam Newton comes into camp ready to go. He comes into camp healthy. The shoulder is better. The foot is better. He's someone that looks more comfortable in the pocket. He looks more comfortable in the Patriots offense, completing passes and making plays. If that happens, the New England Patriots then can set their own agenda at the quarterback position. They can bring Mac along and allow him to grow into his prowess. One of the big things that Mac can do very well is identify the pre-snap read, make anticipatory throws, deliver the ball on time and accurately. And I think with time, you're going to see Mac develop into a pretty good quarterback in this league that does that on a regular basis. If Cam starts to struggle out of the gate, especially in training camp, you know as well as I, Mark, that if he starts throwing balls in the dirt, we're immediately going to hear he needs to come out. It's Max time. You need to give Mac the chance. Uh, even if it's not Mac, they'll start calling for Jarrett and they'll start saying that Stidham needs to get in there. Cam simply can't handle the load. That would be a bad thing for the New England Patriots. As much as some of the fans may want to shy away from that fact, if you're getting poor quarterback play out of any one of those three guys in camp on a consistent basis, it puts the Patriots at a disadvantage. So best case scenario, Cam is the starter. He remains the starter and Matt gets the chance to grow into his own. That being said, I do believe that Mac's going to get every opportunity to win the job. I think he's going to get every opportunity to showcase what he can do. I think Bill wants to see it. I think Josh wants to see it. And I think the fans want to see it as well. So back against the wall, I still think from what I've heard from Cam, or from what I've heard from Cam's camp, from what I've seen from him so far in mini camp, I still think he comes in motivated, ready to go. And I think he's going to try to do everything he can to hold on to that spot. I say right now that it's Cam's spot to lose unless Matt comes in and outperforms him at every turn possible, but I don't think it's likely, especially in the early goings. As always, Mike, the well-reasoned, nuanced approach, which I appreciate and so many Patriots fans do that you bring all the time to Locked On Patriots and to Sports Illustrated as well. Let me get you out of here on this. Perhaps the ultimate question. Now, I know, look, it's, it's the end of July Training camp has yet to officially start. You know, guys are just reporting. Nobody's really taking the field yet. In your mind, however, is this a playoff team? Based on talent, yes, it's a playoff team. I think the Patriots have a pretty well-stocked roster from top to bottom, whether it be on the offensive skill positions, whether it be the offensive line, which I think has the potential to be a top-five unit in this league. On the defensive side of the ball, they're going to be much improved. Again, the interior, the defensive line, the linebacking core, they're always solid in the secondary. I think they get adequate quarterback play or at least adequate to good quarterback play enough to be a playoff team. But ultimately, Mark, I think it's going to depend on the AFC. There are still some teams out there that are very good at what they do. And a lot of it is going to be determined by how good their division is. Uh, we saw Miami take major steps last year in becoming a playoff team. 
do they continue that uh, uh, that trend? Does Tua Tagovailoa come into his own and establish himself as one of the better quarterbacks in the AFC? Definitely possible. We know that Brian Flores is a capable coach, and he's got great talent there in Miami to work with. Buffalo Bills, I still think, are the class of this division. And I know that hurts some Patriots fans. It hurts me to say it. But at the same time, I still think that they are in the driver's seat when it comes to the division title. And the Jets are going to be improved. So the Patriots may have difficulty competing in their own division simply because it's very well stocked. Then you have teams like Pittsburgh, who's a wild card, who may rebound a little bit. Baltimore is restocked can't count out the Kansas City Chiefs. They're the defending AFC champions. They're going to be an alpha in this team. And of course, the Tennessee Titans, the Indianapolis Colts. There's a lot of talent. And the Los Angeles Chargers could make a little bit of noise. There's a lot of talent in the AFC this year. So Patriots may find themselves being able to improve on the product we saw on the field last year. Because of the stacked AFC, it may not be enough. So at this point, I say yes on talent but circumstances are going to dictate whether or not this is going to be a playoff team. I think that's a fantastic answer, Mike, and a perfect way to sum up where the Patriots are right now headed into training camp. Folks, that is why you should subscribe to Locked on Patriots. That is why you should follow Mike on Twitter at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-N-F-L to make sure that you get all of his nuanced opinions and approaches to the New England Patriots. Mike, if I've missed anything, please let the people know where they can find you and what you've got going on with all the great work you do covering the New England Patriots. No, I think you've covered it very, very well. And again, my friend, uh, the effusive praise that you've given me today is something that's honoring. It's humbling to me. I always refer to you as the excellence of execution. The best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. And you will continue to be that. That total poster on the wall in the Locked On Patriot Studios, never coming down, always up in your honor. Um, and uh, yeah, by all means, folks, follow me on the Bird app, as my good friend here says, there at go. M-D-A-B-A-T-E-N-F-L. And definitely follow the coverage through training camp. All through the preseason on Locked On Patriots and on Patriot Maven of Sports Illustrated. Well, fantastic stuff, Mike. Can't wait to catch up again, whether it's here or on your show. But that will do it for today. Good to be back in the big chair. I will be back for next Wednesday. Again, we're rolling on Wednesdays until we get deeper into training camp and preseason. Until then, folks, stay safe. Check in on your friends. Check in on your loved ones. Check in on your neighbors. Take care of each other. And, of course, continue to bless those Patriots reigns down in Foxborough.